Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. In previous studies, we learned that sometimes the Word of God is like a mirror. You hold it up and you can see what kind of person you really are. We also heard about the natural man and the spiritual man, but are those the only options? Well, today we'll consider a third alternative in our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Before we dive in, though, I've got two letters from listeners of our Assamis broadcast in India. The first is from a pastor. Currently, I'm a pastor and also work in a tea factory. I was born into a Christian family, but I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus. Another believer convinced me to trust in Jesus. He also told me about your radio program and encouraged me to listen. Since then, I have sought you regularly, and I have given my life to Jesus. I want to serve him always. Listening to the thorough explanations of the Bible has helped me grow spiritually. I am encouraged by listening to God's word and in turn invite my neighbors to listen and be blessed as well. My family and I are now able to serve the Lord because we have come to know his word better than before and are now able to tell others what the Lord has done for us as he laid down his life and shed his precious blood for us. Isn't that a great letter? The next letter also comes from India. It reads, I once belonged to a different religious background. I am a student studying in the arts. It so happened that I once went to church just because I was curious to know what it was about. Then I heard about your radio ministry. I began to listen, and soon it became a regular habit. I learned about Jesus, and he brought peace and joy into my life. Now I am very happy in the Lord, and I share the word of God with my classmates. Please pray that I am able to share my faith often. Yes, and let's join him in that prayer as well. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to participate in what you are doing around the world in people's hearts. Multiply our efforts to share your word and bless the seeds that listeners like this one are planting for your glory. Open our eyes now to the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can follow along in your copy of God's word by turning to 1 Corinthians 3 as we go through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now today, friends, our study brings us into the third chapter of 1 Corinthians. And you will recall that last time we were looking at the clarity of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God corrects human wisdom, and that was in chapter 2. And there Paul presented to us two classes of mankind. There was the natural man, and that natural man is the man that is a son of Adam, born into the world with a sinful nature. Now, that means when you say a sinful nature, it's a propensity to do evil. In fact, that's about all we can do. We come into the world as sinners. We're alienated from God in rebellion against God. And even when we do good, we always act from mixed motives. We ought to always search our hearts as believers and see whether we're acting from a mixed motive or not, even when we're trying to do the Lord's work. This is the natural man. Now, Paul says the natural man will not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him. That's the natural man. I received in the mail from Washington, D.C., from a representative from this area, a politician, a report. And by the way, you'd read that report and you'd think that he's going to bring in the utopia and the millennium all together. My 
He's got a happy solution for all the problems of the world. And, of course, the opposite party doesn't have the benefit of his vast wisdom and knowledge. But when you read it through, it's very discouraging and very disappointing. Because, first of all, you know he can't do what he's saying. And then you recognize you're listening to a natural man. He has no understanding of that which is spiritual whatsoever. And therefore, he's not really interested in any spiritual solution to the problem. Now, he can solve the drug problem, but not in a spiritual way. And he can solve lawlessness, but not in a spiritual way. He has absolutely no knowledge of that. He doesn't know any more about spiritual matters than a goat grazing grass on a hillside. That is the sad plight of us today. Someone asked Gladstone years ago, what's the mark of a great statesman? He said the mark of a great statesman is a man who knows the direction God is going for the next 50 years. Well, we don't seem to have many, or probably I should take them off and say we don't seem to have any politicians around like that today that know the direction God is going. But that's the natural man. Now, you can't blame him. He may be sincere. However, I suspect the report of this man has to do in a way with him being reelected. I have that feeling because everything that he's ever done, he's done it as a politician wanting to be elected to office. And that is the sad state of our nation at the present moment. And it's enough to break the heart of those who love this country and would love to see it prosper again under God. But we are very far from him today. Now, that's the natural man. We can't expect too much of him, and we probably ought not to be critical of him because He's doing the best he knows how. And that's another thing he'll tell you, that he's doing the best he knows how. And that's probably the only true statement that he's made. Now, there is another man. And Paul says in verse 15 of chapter 2, but he that is spiritual, he judgeth all things. Rather, he discerns all things. He has a spiritual discernment. And that spiritual discernment makes him really misunderstood by the world because they can't quite understand why he's doing or saying what he is doing or saying. Now, this is the spiritual man and the natural man. Now, if you will note that they are that kind because of their relationship to the Word of God, to the book, to the natural man, it's foolishness. And the spiritual man... He discerns the Word of God, and he recognizes its importance. Now we're going to be introduced in the third chapter here to a third class, and we find here a correct conception of God. That is what clarifies Christian service. Now if we have this third class. We want to introduce them to you. Paul says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. 
Now, here is the third class. He's the unnatural Christian, by the way, or the unnatural man. We have the natural man, and probably we should call the next one the supernatural man. Then we have the unnatural. He's carnal Christian. He's a babe in Christ. Now, the first part of this epistle, as we said at the beginning, Paul will talk about carnalities. The last part, he'll talk about spiritualities. And I think Paul got very tired of talking about carnalities because time you get to the 12th chapter, he seems to heave a sigh of relief. And all of a sudden, he says, now I want to talk to you about something else. Now concerning spiritualities, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. That's the way he begins the 12th chapter. Now, the carnal Christian is also a man who hasn't grown up. That, I think, is evident. And he is one who lacks a spiritual discernment, not because he doesn't have the Holy Spirit, but actually because of the fact that he is never growing in grace and in the knowledge of Christ. And again, it's his relationship to the Word of God. That is the important thing. This unnatural, carnal Christian, they're babes in Christ. They have an ability but no desire. The babe has a potential to become a learned man, but he has to start out drinking milk. And Paul says, I've fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. So Paul's not going to talk to them in this section about spiritualities. He will talk to them about that which is carnalities. And here is where the church, the present-day church, is living today. Now, how can you identify the carnal Christian? Well, it's a Christian who is using the weak arm of the flesh. Carnal methods are the methods that he uses to attain spiritual goals. They are the ones in the church that say, let's have a banquet. They are the ones that say, let's put on a musical and introduce some of this modern music. They are carnal Christians, and the word carnal is sarcocos, means fleshly. And the word carnal comes from the Latin and the French carne, which means sensual. It's that which appeals to the senses, not the spirit. And that's the reason that you have so much of that in the church today that appeals to the senses and not to the spirit at all. And that's the reason that most of these programs today, they're not doing anything. They get a crowd in, but they're not going anyplace, you see. Now, the word carnival comes from this word carne flesh. And val, or valet, means farewell, O flesh. Now, carnival was something that they had before Lent. And they called it a carnival because during Lent, it would be farewell to the flesh. And the Mardi Gras down in New Orleans and other places where they have it, it means Fat Tuesday. That means you gorge and gormadize the flesh and you get drunk and sick and everything and you satisfy and satiate the flesh and then you'll be willing to do without things during Lent. And Paul spoke of folk like this whose God is their belly 
And that's crude, you say. You bet it's crude. But the thing it speaks about is more crude than that. And there are a lot of folk that this would be certainly an apt description of them. In other words, let the flesh go. Or as the song has it, do what comes naturally. Now, somebody says, well, I'm not a carnal Christian. I don't believe in the carnival. I even get sick on a Ferris wheel. I'm a separated Christian. Now, what is the mark of carnality? Will you notice this? Verse 3 now of chapter 3. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Now, my friend, carnality hasn't anything to do with riding on a roller coaster. Churches do have carnivals too, by the way. Liberal churches do and some others do. But what is a carnal Christian? And where do you see the evidence of it? Wherever you have strife and divisions, you've got a carnival going on. And in many of our fundamental churches, you see the divisions and the gossip and the strife and the bitterness and the hatred that's demonstrated. My friend, that's when the flesh is on display, when you lose your temper and they say, well, I believe in being frank. No, you just believe in being mean, that's all. And you can turn an organization in a church into a carnival. Why, you can turn a prayer meeting into a carnival and a missionary society into a carnival and a Sunday school class. When you gossip, when you stir up strife and envying and divisions. Now, may I say to you that you may not look at TV, you may not go here and there, but are you really a carnal Christian? Now, listen, Paul's not through. For while one saith, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Paulus, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul? Who is Paulus? They are ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. Paul says, I have planted. Paulus watered, but God gave the increase. Both of us are workmen for God. Paul was the one that was the missionary. He opened up new territory. Paulus came along and helped meetings and preached and built up the saints. But both of them are God's servants. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. You see, friends, it's not the preacher. It's not the teacher. It's whether God is using him. And if God is using him, then don't give him any credit for it at all. Give God the praise and the glory. Now, will you notice? Now, he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. And we need to recognize that today, that there are other workmen that God's using and may be doing it a little bit differently. That's one reason that I don't think any of you ever heard me go on a tirade on this radio against any individual, because I recognize that many men, they don't do it my way, and I very frankly don't like that method they use. But God's using them, and I know a lot of men God's using, and they don't do it my way, friends, but we're workmen together with God. Now, verse 9, for we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. We're all working together together. In this tremendous enterprise, verse 10, 
according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Now, the important thing today is to get out the Word of God and the gospel that can save man. And then man can build on that foundation. Now, the foundation's been put down. It's put down 1,900 years ago. You and I can't put it down today. All we can do is to point to that foundation which is Jesus Christ. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Now, are you building on him or not? That's the important thing. This is where good works come in. When you come to Christ, you come with no works. You come bringing nothing to receive everything. And you're put on the rock which is Christ. Now, on that, you can build. Listen to Paul. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, Paul says that you can build on the foundation with six different kinds of material. Gold and silver and precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble. Well, the first three, fire won't hurt them. Actually, fire purifies gold and silver and precious stone. But wood, hay, and stubble, fire certainly gets rid of all three of those. Now, you can build on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Now, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. That is, is he building with gold, silver, and precious stones? Now, I'm of the opinion that about us today, there are many wonderful saints of God. The thrilling thing to me about this radio is that it reaches people in all classes and conditions, and I've been able to meet folk, some of them personally, some by letter, that God is using in a marvelous way, and they're building with gold. Now, as you well know, a little piece of gold just doesn't stand out. Everybody can't see it. And only God probably knows that that's gold. But you know a haystack. I know traveling across Kansas years ago, you could see a haystack look to me like 20 miles away. And a lot of folk building today a haystack. And everybody... Here's about what they're doing. Well, it's a haystack, and it's going to be tested someday, and then there won't be any haystack, because fire will be put to it. And the same thing will be true today of wood, hay, and stubble. Now, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But does that mean he loses his salvation? No. Now, if his work abides, he'll receive a reward. Now, if it goes up in smoke, He'll suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. The man will be saved because the important thing, are you on the foundation of your trust in Christ? Now, friends, what are you building today? What kind of material are you using? Now, if you're building in gold, it won't be very impressive. And I tell you, stubble and an old haystack really will show up on the horizon, but it's going up in smoke. I like to put it like this. 
There are going to be some people in heaven. They're going to be there, but they're going to smell like they were bought at a fire sale because everything they ever did will go up in smoke. They'll not receive a reward. This has to do with rewards. The service of God, you see. Now, if you're a carnal Christian, I assume what Paul is saying, you can't expect a reward because you have not, you have not been rightly related to God through the Word of God. Now, if you'll notice, the carnal Christian is one that does not know the Word of God. Here's the way you tell all three, whether he's rightly related to the Word of God. The natural man says it's foolishness. The spiritual man discerns. The unnatural man says, oh, well, let's have a banquet and not a Bible study. And let's listen to music and not listen to the teaching of the Word of God. That's the way you tell the carnal Christian today, friends. Now he says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Now, the child of God is the temple of the Holy Spirit today. And we're going to talk about that later because Paul's going to bring that up again. But our very bodies belong to him, you see. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. And unfortunately today, most of our seminaries are trying to make intellectual preachers. And very few of them are intellectual, by the way. I've listened to some of them. May I say to you that the important thing is to give out the Word of God. Oh, if I could only get that over to some of these smart alecky young fellows today in seminary. Now, I have the privilege of speaking in many seminaries, and I want to say to you that I have met quite a few of the boys who want to be intellectual, or if they could only learn, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it's written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and again the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Now listen to this. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. You're Christ. Christ is God's. Oh, how wonderful today. And so instead of being in a little narrow group and say, oh, I like this teacher or I like this doctrine, my friend, all of them belong to me. And you want to know something? I'll talk about it next time. The reason I get along with the Pentecostal brethren is because I know they belong to God, you see. Well, my friend, they belong to me too. And I hope I belong to them. Oh, how wonderful it is today if we can meet around the person of Christ on the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. How important that is, my friend. Until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Dr. McGee gave us some great guidelines on which to lay that foundation in Christ. I love that 1 Corinthians 3 said there at the end, Let no one glory in man. You know, it's true. We look to Jesus as the foundation of our faith, not any person. 
Dr. McGee agreed with that when he said, May I say to you that the important thing is to give out the Word of God. Yes, the Word of God is the power of salvation. We don't talk about it a lot, but if you want to be a part of taking this powerful message to the whole world, then we invite you to stand with us first and foremost in prayer. That's really important. And then second, if the Lord prompts you, we would invite you to become an investor in this mission through your financial gifts. You know, God provides for this ministry so faithfully through the financial and prayer support of those who benefit from it. And it's one of the most powerful ways that you can be part of what God's doing around the world. So I also know from my own experience, it's so exciting and it's a privilege to be a part of that. You can give online at ttb.org forward slash give or by calling one 800 65 Bible. And as always, you can send your gift to Box 7100, Pasadena, California, 91109, or in Canada, Box 25325, London, Ontario, N6C, 6B1. And when you're in touch, be sure to tell us how God's using these studies in your life. You know, it's such an honor to share in His work through His Word. So we want you to know we read and love every note, every email, and every Facebook post. Next time, our five-year study continues as we travel through every book of the Bible, chapter by chapter. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'm going to be here on the Bible bus saving a seat just for you. We're grateful for our committed listening family who faithfully pray and invest in Through the Bible as we together take the whole word to the whole world.